Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, my name is Chris Barhorst, and I'm here with my good friend, Jace Fitzhands, and we are here to unveil some truth in 15 minutes or so, give or take. We try to keep it around 15 minutes, so it's short. And uh, we want to uh, give you some golden nugget from the Word of God, some powerful truth that will help you in your thinking. Uh, I want to just say this before uh, we actually get into this. I, I often do this with a particular word. I will take a word and I'll say this word and I'll ask people, I'm going to say a word and then you can tell me oh, uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind. And when we say the word repent or repentance, I have asked people, I've used that word and so often people will say, well, turn from your sins or you know, straighten up or all those types of things. And uh, we're going to look at it for what the Bible says about it. And, and I, I agree, uh, uh, right behavior is important, but right behavior is a fruit of accurate biblical repentance and it's not the root, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Right, Jace? Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, when I first heard about Jesus uh, growing up in churches, most often enough, I heard the word repent and it was associated directly with stop sinning. Yeah. Um, and but now, as I've uh, grown in the Lord and started actually taking the Word uh, fully into my heart and reading and understanding it for myself, mm-hmm. I see a different way. Yep. And and just to clarify, we are against sin. <laughs> we are not promoting sin. In fact, Paul talked in Romans chapter six. Uh, should we sin that grace may abound? He went on to say, God forbid. Certainly not. That's not what we're talking about. So once again, as we look at the word repentance. Uh, we're gonna, we believe in right behavior, but behavior, once again, is a fruit. It's not a root of correct biblical repentance. Mm. I want to start, if it's okay, in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. This is so amazing. <clears throat> now, after that, Jesus, verse 14 and 15, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, says, Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching or proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. There's another word, Jace, the word gospel. So many, I've done this with the guys we minister to in our, our local jail, and I've asked them, when I, I'm, what does gospel mean? And I'm actually amazed at how many people do not know what gospel means. Uh, have you ever had any experience with that? Well, I, I've uh, grown up around the people, most people think gospel is, well, um, uh, I, I'm not sure is usually the answer. Uh, and even for the longest time myself, I was not really sure. And then one day, actually, somebody uh, revealed what, what it meant to me is actually a, a, a good news yeah. of, of something, yeah. of some sort. What good news am I hearing? Yeah. And in the Bible, it's the good news of Jesus Christ, meaning what he did for us, well, the good could, news of what could, he did. We could camp on the word gospel, <laughs> and we may, we may come back to that in a minute because, once again, a lot, I hear a lot of people say, well, gospel, they think anything, quote, religious is gospel. But as Jace just mentioned, gospel is good news. In fact, it's described in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. In other words, he paid the price. He was delivered for our offenses and raised for our justification, it says in Romans 4.25. And uh, there's other things we can say about the gospel, and we may come back to that. But right now, we just want to focus on the word repentance. So very simple definition, gospel means good news. And what makes it good news is it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Now, it's for you and it's for me. That's why it's good news, because it's about him, but it's for us. You know, that Jesus paid for my sins. 
Jesus took what I deserved and, and then turned around and gave me what he deserved at the cross. And here's what's so, so powerful. I hear people say this a lot and they'll say, we'll say how you doing? And they'll say, well, better than I deserve. And I, for well, first of all, if you're born again, uh, I deserve what Jesus deserves. Not because I earned it, but because he deserved it for me. That's good news. And I know what people mean when they say that. And if you're looking at just yourself, I'm doing better than I deserve in myself, but I'm not in myself. As a born-again child of God, I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me, the hope of glory. So here we see Jesus. It says he came into this region of Galilee. After that, John was in prison proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, according to Romans 14, 17, is righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy, and it's in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. And then here's where we're getting to the word repent, verse 15 of Mark 1. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand, or it's right there. And then he says, repent ye, O King James, repent you all, and believe the gospel. That's amazing. Repent and believe. Notice it doesn't say repent and behave. Mm -hmm. That's what most people think it means. It's repent and believe. Once again, behaving is the fruit, but it's not the root. Most people think it's repent and behave. Get it together. I often tell people, if I could get it together, I wouldn't need to depend on Jesus. I would just depend on me. See, but very few people have heard the gospel for daily living. Multitudes have heard it, at least in the U.S., they have heard it as far as going to heaven and not going to hell, and that's wonderful and certainly necessary. But man, God wants me to live uh, in the gospel, believing the gospel. Colossians 2.6 says, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord so walk in him. The same way I received him, <clears throat> by grace, through faith, Ephesians 2.8, that's how I'm supposed to walk in him, and that's where victory's at. Mm. So, so good. Yes. Uh, repent and believe in the gospel. Mm -hmm. And to have the proper understanding of what you just said, repent and behave is not what it says. That's not what it says. So repent and believe. So that tells us if I'm repenting and believing, what does repent mean in order to believe in something? That's a great question. So the word, the word repent is the Greek word metanoia, and it means to change your mind. It means to change the way you think about God. And, you know, <clears throat> before Jesus came, it, the concept of God was just what they saw in the Old Testament. There was judgment. If they didn't keep the law, there would have to be judgment. Of course, no one could keep the law, so they had the animal sacrificial system, which was a type of the blood of Christ, a shadow of the blood of Christ. And, and so they, but there was a constant remembrance of sins every year. They had that on the day of atonement there. And, you know, really daily there were sacrifices made for sins and, and, you know, all this. There was a constant remembrance. The Bible it says in Hebrews 10, about verses one through four, it talks about if those offerings could have purged them or, or taken care of the sin issue, there would have been no, they would, they would have done the thing. But it says there would have been no more conscience of sins. God does not want us to be sin conscious. He wants us to be son conscious. And that's different. So when he says repent, he's saying change your mind about how you see God. Jesus said in John 14, <clears throat> verses 8 and 9, he's talking to Philip. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it'll satisfy us. And, and Jesus has said, have I been so long with you and you don't know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. This is what the Father looks like. 
And so when, so when he comes here and he's proclaiming the gospel, he's saying, repent, change your mind about how you see God. That's a big deal. And, and see God through Jesus. Multitudes don't do that. And I'm going to give you an example here from, if we have time, from, from the book of Luke. Yeah, that's amazing, Chris. Uh, repent, changing your mind and believe in the gospel. And as we were talking about earlier, what is the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. It's what he did for you. So he's telling you, change your mind about yourself. Change your mind and take it off of yourself and believe upon something Absolutely. else. So he's saying, the, the, uh, change your mind, the way you see things, and set it upon the good news of Jesus Christ, what he did for you, mm-hmm. or the righteousness that he bought for you and gave unto you so long that you believe upon him. Mm-hmm. So his death, his burial and resurrection, he's saying, believe upon that. Believe that you also died with uh, with Jesus, you're buried with him and resurrected with That's him, exactly as it says right. in Romans 6. That's exactly right. And if we believe upon that, yep. then we well, have our salvation. Christian unbelief, this is, you're hitting on something really good. Christian unbelief is not unbelief in the existence of God. It's an unbelief in the work of Christ. That's big what we just said there. It's not, I mean, if you're a Christian, you believe in the existence of God. So many people think unbelief is atheism and not believing in there's a God which you can't, you don't start out an atheist the Bible says creation he's clearly seen in Romans 120 but it, it's unbelief in the work of Christ that's what it is and that's where so many people are at that's why I don't have time to get into the spirit of Antichrist but the religious spirit of Antichrist it's antichrist and not anti-god it's almost always pro-god but anti-christ for example legalism is anti-christ anti can mean directly against, but it also means in the place of or in the stead of. Man, that's so good. Look at this verse of scripture in 1 Peter 1.21. Excuse me. It says, who by him or through him, talking about Jesus, who through him do believe in God. Thank you. Who do him, who through Jesus believe in God. By him, dia in Greek, through him, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Notice that your faith and hope, if it's through Jesus, you're believing in God, your faith and hope will be anchored in God. But if it's through yourself, you're believing in God, you're going to vacillate. You're going to go up and down based upon how you believe you're doing. Believing in God is, as I said uh, earlier, is more than just the existence of God. The devils believe. James chapter 2 verse 19 says, you believe there's one God, you do well. The demons, the devils believe and tremble. I mean, no, the devils aren't born again, <laughs> right? Amen. They believe in the existence of God. But back to Rome, or 1 Peter 1.21, it's through him we believed in, believe in God. Through Jesus we believe in God, who raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, so my faith and hope will be in God. That's Amen. awesome. That's Amen. awesome. So we can sum it up, really, that uh, Jesus and God the Father is not worried about uh, two... He wants you to to be morally good. He wants you to change the way we act and and act in in a manner worthy of our calling. But he is so much more worried about the sin, which is reliance upon ourself is the sin rather than relying upon him. So he's calling us in reliance upon him first. And out of that reliance, we can abstain from every form of evil. Is that correct, Chris? You know... Right believing or right behaving is a result of right believing. Wrong behaving is a result of wrong believing. 
So once again, if I'm sin conscious, I'm going to struggle with sin because I'm focused on sin and not on the sun. If I'm sun conscious, the fruit of that, if I don't have any more conscious of sin, Hebrews 10 2, and I'm operating that way, things will take care of themselves. And, and, and here's, here's a verse in line out of Hebrews chapter 3 that I think is really powerful. In Hebrews chapter 3, and look at verses 12 and 13. It says, take heed, brethren, talking to believers, take heed, be careful, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, you can't depart from someone unless you've been there, been with him. And this, the whole book of Hebrews, he's talking to these Jewish Christians who were being tempted to renounce Jesus and go back under the Mosaic law. In other words, that's unbelief. They're putting their faith in the law, law keeping as their approach to God instead of the blood of Jesus. Very dangerous. Amen. But, but it can take many forms in our life too. So let's, let's just bring it into our experience. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. <clears throat> Look at verse 13 of Hebrews 3. But exhort one another daily. That's so powerful. Daily. First of all, let me, let me just say something about the word daily. That means every day. And the word exhort is the Greek word parakaleo, and it means to call near. It means to summon. And, and people say, call, what do you mean call near? Realize that you can draw nigh to God in your relationship with God because of the blood of Jesus. That's so powerful. But we need to exhort one another and remind them that God's grace is more than sufficient for you, that the blood of Jesus is greater than any shortcoming or sin you may be dealing with. Draw nigh to God. This is why no condemnation in Christ is so important, because if you're condemned, you will withdraw your, you know, your heart from someone that you believe is mad at you. Condemnation is the expectation of judgment. Jesus took the judgment for our sins, so I can always draw near to him. And as I draw near to him, that's the power to overcome. We got to finish this. Yes, I'm yes. At this verse thirteen. <laughs> but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The mm -hmm. English says, the Greek says, the deceitfulness. You mentioned it, Jace, of the sin. Remember in John 16, before the Holy Spirit came, Jesus said when he comes, he's going to convict the world of three things, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on or into me. And that's mm -hmm. what he's saying. He said, he said, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of the sin of not trusting him. And all the sins flow from not trusting him. Amen. That's where they flow from. You Amen. got anything to add as we close? Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned the beginning of it being a changing of mind and metanoia yeah. in that word. And the same uh, in Romans 12, too, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. Same word. Yes. Same exact word mm. to change your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God awesome. for you. So renewing your mind daily, transforming your mind daily, yeah. uh, just as a, 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 a caterpillar is transformed yeah. into a butterfly, that's what that word is used for, metamorphosis. Yeah. And, awesome. and we, get to, we get to, or we must do that yeah. daily. Yes. And let me say one thing is to tag on to what you just said. Repentance is ongoing. It's not a one-time event. I'm constantly repenting or changing my mind 
to see God through Jesus and see myself in Christ and, and to change the way I think. I'm, that's what causes me to draw near. I'm, I'm understanding that God's good even when I'm not. Now, that's not an excuse to be bad, but it causes me to draw near and it empowers me to live holy. And Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, the new King James says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So keep your faith in Jesus. Would you agree with that? Amen. Close us out absolutely. with a quick prayer, would you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Lord, for just revealing your word to us, uh, giving us more and more truth every day. Even in the moments as we speak of your goodness, Lord, you still reveal uh, as we're talking about you, as we're communing Amen. with you. You're continually revealing to us every, everything that we need to know and understand of your goodness. And, and you're calling us into transformation of our mind to see through your eyes. So I just pray over the audience that listens to this, that they're, they're transformed continually into the mind of Christ, that, which they have because they have the spirit of Christ. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.